when when you have to build a nonprofit, you have to jump through a lot of hoops. Like you oh, yeah. have to, you know, just the, the, the accounting is different in my opinion. Um, how you register the, the corporation is different. The classes, you know, the 501c3, like Jason's Heart, jasonsheart.org, um, that is a 501c3. Um, but I, th- I think what they're meaning here is fundamentally there's, there's no difference. So the big question is this. How are leaders like you that recognize people and technology are the backbone of the company they're building continue to make progress when they have no clear idea on how to develop individuals and utilize technology in a way that helps them remain profitable? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is Tom and Michaela, and welcome to the Heart and Hustle Podcast. Welcome back to the Heart and Hustle Podcast. We are talking about just how... Thank you, look. <laughs> you said it, not me. No, you said it. No, you don't look thick. That's just really shaming. <laughs> I'm not shaving you at okay. all. There you go. You have a sweatshirt on. I do. It's it's like cold in one part of the building. I know. And it's, hot in the it other. looks comfy. It is comfy. It looks super comfy. They're wearing it most of the day today. It's one of those comfy sweatshirts. Yeah, it is. I guess I'll just keep on keeping on. You wear around the house on a cold winter day. There's nothing better than a comfy sweatshirt old on man a cold sweatshirt, winter old day. Old man flip flops. <laughs> hey, it works. How was your day? It was good. Stressful? Mm, no. No? Not good? No. It was, it was all right. Yeah, same here. You? you it was a good it day. It was good? The kids yeah. are good, so enjoyed the kids this weekend. and Always. Everything, everything that they had to, to offer us. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the little one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a treat. Yeah. It was like, it was like being at work. <laughs> That's funny. We won't go into that. We are not going to go into that. Yep. This sounds like a boring podcast so far. Well, we have barely just started, so why don't we get underway? Why don't we kind of get into the show? Okay. You know, I want to talk about a couple things, and I have a couple questions, too, but thank goodness they emailed in this time. It's getting kind of lackadaisical. Lackadaisical. Daisical. I think so. Not basil. Laxadaisical. Lots, okay, there. So, anyways. Yep. So, if you have any questions you want to ask an expert over here or the expert over here, ask him. <laughs> we got a few good ones tonight. But, um, you know, this weekend or this past week, you know, they launched this whole metaverse thing, and I'm kind of, yes. I'm kind of concerned about it. It's I'm. It's super crazy exciting, and it's super crazy scary. It is. And I'm, it's like, it's one of those things like I've, I've never been so much for something, but yet so much against it at the same time. Right. I mean, it's going to mess with our heads. That's that's the only thing. It's like, you know, I get the world of NFTs. I get the world of, I don't, of crypto. I understand blockchain. I get, you know, this whole different reality. Like I literally had, four or five Oculus 2 headsets in the Amazon cart the other day. You did. I did. I didn't buy them, though. But I bought the. I was going to buy them. So I want to get our staff, like, let's try this. Let's kind of get everybody up on Oculus. Let's create a workplace or a workroom, as they call it, and kind of get us all in, in, in this place so that we can have this virtual meeting. Yes. And then I thought, 
what's the point? And I get, you know, we do our Zoom calls every day. Right. I mean, I enjoy that. But it's like, what's the point? It's going to have a different surrounding. We're all going to have different avatars. Yes. And I understand the engagement factor. I understand, you know, me sitting at my de- my virtual desk and having this virtual stuff. But the reality is right now, I'm so in love with my surroundings, with our facility, our buildings, the people. And I... I really don't want to, not, no offense, I really don't want to look at your avatar all day. I want to look at right. you. Why create a fake reality? Right. And yeah. then I think what I'm also afraid of is like, you know, not necessarily for myself or yourself, but I think we're going to end up in this reality where people are not going to know how to control their relationships inside the virtual world. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, there's, look at how much social media has affected us and our relationships and the way we interact and the way we communicate already. You throw this whole new metaverse at us and I just don't know what it's going to do. I'm not comfortable with it. Like I'm not comfortable with us creating these fake, fake worlds outside of our reality. And I just, people don't have the ability to separate the two, unfortunately. No. I mean, it's just so, it's I'm, scary. And I'm super excited. I mean, you know, like my kids, I mean, they're on online games, they're on Roblox, they're on, you know, what were they on the other day? Some weird, whatever it was. And, and they're all playing each other. It's like they're playing virtual games with each other, sitting in the same room, going back and forth. And I get it. And I even understand why they watch other people play games on, on YouTube or what, what, <laughs> whatever they're doing. And, and I get that too. But the reality is, is that there's all that human interaction and I'm seeing it in my kids too, where, you know, there's, they don't have that magical touch of actually communicating with people. Yes. And that's a hundred percent my fault. I'm falling the sword of that one, you know, and I think, you know, every parent does, but I'm just at the point where it's just like, I, I did see Maverick out playing soccer this morning for a little bit for like a quick minute. And it's like, it was so refreshing to see him do that. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's back at the iPad yeah, again. Yeah, it was like a total of five minutes. Oh, yeah. It was like. Out of a 24-hour day. It's like, did he feel guilty of, on the iPad all day? Or did someone say something? Hey, go outside for a few minutes and get, get some fresh air? Yeah. Did you? I think somebody said something. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, right. But that's okay. Yeah. I, was, I think, I don't know. I just. I mean, communication is so hard anyway, and it just seems to be getting harder and harder and harder. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that a lot just amongst each other with, um, you know, a variety of different scenarios with clients, with employees, with whatever. That that communication is just getting so difficult. It's it like is. people don't know how to communicate anymore. And the default always seems to be an IM or text or something like that. Like that's the quick and easy thing to do. And those, but, but even that is lacking. Yeah. I mean, that's lacking. I think follow-up is, is lacking, um, all the way around in my world right now. Whereas it doesn't matter if it's, you know, clients or customers or people that are close to me. It's just like, you know, and maybe my expectations are out of whack. Maybe I'm the one that, um, have expectations that just really can't be met. And, you know, but I also know that there's, in my world, I, I have constant follow-up with whoever I'm communicating with. It's just like, yes, I picked this up. I'm now leaving over here. I'm heading over there. And then I'm done with here. And then I'm going over here. And there's just this constant, like, check-in. 
mm-hmm. and or hey, I picked this up. Life is grand. Thanks. And now it's just like nothing. It's just dead silence. Right. It's basically assume that it's done. And but yet. But the problem is <laughs> half the time you assume that it's done because you don't hear anything. And later we find out. Yeah. It's it wasn't good. really done. <laughs> so I don't know how to fix it. But I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm going to change anything. It's just that I'm aware of it. And I think I'm going to have to shift what I do or what I think. Because I'm not going to be able to. I, I don't want to use the word force. But I'm not going to be able to mandate or force people to act a certain way. It's like so how do you make that shift? You just accept for it for what it is and understand that every person is human and they're going to communicate on, you know, their own. I mean, I mean, like, listen to Mav, my son. I mean, he'll be gaming, like, with his headset on, going on his Nintendo Switch, like, for hours. And he's talking up a storm. He's doing his thing. And then you'll call him for dinner. It's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Words are few and far between. Well, yeah, it's like my gosh, but yeah. he'll 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 strap the headset back on, hit back in his little online world, and he's like he's into it. Yeah, there's more words coming out of him at that point than there is yeah. throughout the entire. So, anyways, I'm anxious to see what what, what happens. Definitely investing in crypto though right now. I'm definitely you know supporting the movement that way because I do know that the metaverse is going to happen. It's going to be there. You know, little old Tom's ain't going to stop it. You're not going to stop it. You know, and nor that would we want to stop it. But at the end of the day, there are going to be ability to generate money and revenue and build businesses inside there. And I'm definitely going to be on the cusp of that mm-hmm. and want to be inside there. Yeah, I'd rather be on the cusp of it because it is happening, but I still don't like it. No, I agree. <laughs> Question time. Question time, time. Time for the show. There were two questions that came in and um, hopefully we're going to have time for both. Last time we kind of went over zealous a little bit on those questions, so... Here we go. All right, Tom and Michaela, what differences do you see between fundraising and sales? Do all the for-profit rules apply in a nonprofit setting? (laughs) Oh boy, look at you. We were having this conversation the other day and you were like, it is much harder to build a nonprofit than it is to build a for-profit you know, business. I said that in any different context, though. I said that in the fact that when when you have to build a nonprofit, you have to jump through a lot of hoops. Like, you oh, yeah. have to, you know, just the, the, the accounting is different, in my opinion. Um, how you register the, the corporation is different. The classes, you know, the 501c3, like Jason's Heart, jasonsheart.org, um, that is a 501c3. Um, but I, I think what they're meaning here is fundamentally there's there's no difference. No, there's no difference. And I think what happens in this world in, you know, all my nonprofit clients are probably going to, on the Soren Group side, are really probably going to not like this answer. But I really think that people that run a nonprofit, a successful nonprofit, um, they're in this entitlement phase. Like they expect the wealthy or people with money or people just a default to give them money to to support their cause. Like, we help this type of person, or we help these type of kids, or we help, you know, this type of industry, and you need to give us money so we can help them. Yeah. And I largely think that's the default. Like, that is where they sit. And if you don't help them, they look at you differently. Like, oh, you're not a believer in our 
mission or you're not a believer in the organization or you don't like the people that we serve. And there's like this guilt trip that will go upon that person. And then they kind of snub you and move on. And I think that in my world with our nonprofit, it's about giving, like giving until it hurts. And to the fact that I believe that all nonprofit leaders, every single one of them should run it like they run a business, that they need to provide value to the people in which that they are, you know, that are contributing to their cause. Meaning that if you're an NGO or a nonprofit and you are doing X for a certain type of person, individual, group, entity, business, whatever it is, savetheenvironment.org, you as a leader need to provide value to your potential donors on what you're trying to do mm-hmm. so that they feel compelled to help you. But right now, I think there's too many nonprofits that have donate now. Like I see the bottom of every email chain, donate now and, and basically help me. And that's not how you do it. And that's not how you run a business because on the business side, we have to sit in front of people all the time and actually talk about, you know, the value that we could bring to the company. And maybe we don't bring any value and that's okay. But at the end of the day, I think nonprofit NGO leaders have to do the exact same thing is they have to figure out how to hack the people that are sitting there and trying to provide value to them without expecting like zero expectations of someone that that's, that's going to give them money. If I give something to a nonprofit, no matter what it is, it could be a, this, this little dongle here. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to do it out of the goodness of my heart, but it's because they provided value to me. I'm just not going to do it just to go say, oh yeah, here's, here's some stuff. Now there's people out there that actually do that. They just give money away just to give money away for a write-off. I understand that. But the reality is nonprofits, I think, have not all, but a lot of them have that expectation. Like, um, I'm a nonprofit. You got to help me because I can't do this myself. So usually they'll tell a, a story, a sad story, maybe someone down on their luck or they went through a process or a program or whatever happened, happened. And it doesn't really matter. And they try to really tug at the heartstrings, but mm-hmm. what value does that have to a potential donor? None. Zero. Maybe they can connect if they had a loved one that was in that similar type of situation back in the day. So how do you provide value to somebody who is so not in that space? What do you mean? Well, let's say you have a nonprofit who provides, I don't know, drug and alcohol rehab to clients, but Mm -hmm. your potential donors or the people who contribute have never been there are not in that space. How no. do you give back to them? You need to really figure to it out. You need to really sit down and figure out who your, who your base is, you know, who your, your potential sale is and know how to give value back to them for the money at which they're going to be contributing to your organization. Well, that's a and tough one. That's a very tough one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where most people end up defaulting back to say, Hey, give me money because we, you know, we support, X cause and if you don't snub you don't care but see we're doing that with Jason's heart a little bit I took that approach you know the latter of like saying hey listen I want to provide value whether it's through coins mementos shirts apparel whatever it is I, I want to be able to, to actually give people more than what they donate back to us I know that's a hard sell but what does that actually mean how can you say here's free stuff 
like here's value like we're giving away classes we're trying to to push awareness we're trying to give away content we're trying to give away shirts and coins and mementos and everything else and you know with 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 no expectations zero expectations that someone is actually going to donate back to us in fact we probably spent thousands of dollars so far on stuff that we've gotten zero return for Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the reality is it's the right path because in the business world that's what you do in the nonprofit world you can't go up and say this is our cause give us money nah it's not going to work they're going to do it for a little bit but then you're, you're not going to get that person to buy in and the ultimate goal is to get that donor or that potential donor bought into your company or bought into your organization into such a way that, that they're on board with you like they are now your biggest champion in like supporting your cause because now they've completely bought into it but it's a tough sell that is a tough one and it's a tough one to keep ongoing it is so yeah it's about awareness and in value and everything else and it's not about the one-time event or about the event that happens twice a year or the big auction it's about constantly providing value now that value could be in terms of multiple different things, physical value. It could be of inspirational value, quotes, whatever it is. But eventually you have to provide enough value to the donors to compel them to contribute to your company. You just can't go and say, donate now. And if you don't like it, be a jerk about it. Which is why, I mean, it's not out of context when you said running a business is much easier than running a nonprofit because when you run that business, I mean, people are with you because you are providing value. When you're in a nonprofit, you don't necessarily, it's very difficult to it provide is. value to the people who are donating to that cause. It is. So it is. It, it's a whole different mindset. It's a whole different world. What was the thing back back in the 90s? Maybe it was in the 90s. Maybe Victoria can find it. But it was like Sarah McLaughlin in that like humane society dog. The song. Yes. Yeah. Was it like in the eyes of an angel or something like yes. that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Played over and over again. Over and like it, it, it shows that like sad puppies. That sad puppy or that animal, and like they get like millions of dollars of do- donations that are, are coming in. Yeah. What equally offends is not the right word, but probably offends me, is the fact that like a zoo or a you know thing that cares for animals, it doesn't matter what it is, will get astronomically more oh, yeah. donors and funders behind it than people that deal with kids or there, people that there deal are with more animal adults. shelters in the world than there are battered women shelters and battered women is a huge issue and a huge problem but more attention is to give given and more money is donated well, look, to battered animal shelters. yeah look what we're doing with jason's heart and i mean we're trying to you know when people come out of treatment, we're saying, hey, listen, come come work in the IT world or the media world. We're going to help you through this journey. We're going to pay you to come through this journey, and we're going to be there by your side. And then on the flip-hand side, we have to turn around and go, hey, donors, how much value can I provide you? Because I need to raise money to pay people that have literally gotten off drug and alcohol treatment, maybe in jail, vets, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit easier, or people just with low to moderate income and say, hey, listen, why don't you come aboard and, and um, help us, you know, fuel the fire and, and, and help us with the cause of getting these people back on their feet. Or they can take their money and they can help 
you know, the snow leopards at the zoo that had COVID and died recently. I think it was a COVID and died recently. I'm not <laughs> sure, you know, or, you know, the, the panda that ran out of broccoli last week <laughs> and, and, and they're going to toss, you know, probably tens of thousands of dollars at the panda that ran out of broccoli versus the guy or the gal that came from the home, the shelter or whatever, trying to get back on his or her feet Yeah. every time. Yeah. It's pretty damn sad. It's pretty sad. I don't know. It's kind of depressing conversation, isn't it? <laughs> it is kind of depressing. What's the next question? <laughs> All right. Is it a happier question? I don't know. I haven't read it yet. Hmm. Actually, I did read I just copied and pasted it and threw it in there. So okay. email-wise. Oh, boy. What? Question comes this. Do you think you guys, Tom and Michaela, could run any company, no matter what it is, no matter the industry. <laughs> I know what you would answer. <laughs> what would you answer? Um, no, probably not. And what would I answer? Yes, you could. <laughs> yes. Not that you could. Yes, we could. I think there's a difference between want or being able to in desire. If they plopped you and I down, and I kid you not right now, if they plopped you and I down in any industry, it wouldn't matter if it was a plumbing company in, in Hackensack, New Jersey, or if it was a muscle car shop in, in Moab, Utah, maybe a Jeep shop in Moab, Utah, or whether or not it was a medical practice in Oregon. I think you and I could run any industry. We could figure it out. And I think... The first six months would be a our game, <laughs> be a little rocky figuring out. But the but the reality is, it doesn't matter the industry. You have people and you have sales. That's okay. that's all that it is. Mm -hmm. People to make the company go around, and you have sales to basically produce, um, or to produce sales in order to generate re revenue for the company. And as long as you have those two things, you're the golden child. Hundred percent every time. People are few and far between anymore. <laughs> no, I understand that. <laughs> That's but, difficult. But if you understand people and you understand people in general, like with what you do, you're going to be able to jump into any in industry and run that company or run that company, no matter yeah, the I industry. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, we could open up a pizza shop tomorrow and be just fine. Strongly considered that once. <laughs> we did. We almost bought a CC's pizza. We almost did. And then we were like, yeah, no, we well, don't want to well, do this. Story with that. We bought it, but then, oh, the front. And I'm not a fan of franchises at all. Like I'm, I, I don't like them, but, um, this was a franchise and they were going to make us invest like a couple hundred grand or something. Yeah. You had to go and get loans for it, but you have to invest a couple hundred grand in like, refurb against corporate standards. I'm like, nah, no one's going to tell me how to dress up the store. <laughs> That's why you don't like franchises. That's why we don't like franchises. No, but like I said in the beginning though, I think there's a big desire. There's a big difference between being able to and having the desire to. And if you don't have the desire, if you don't love something, it's really hard to keep ticking. But if you love, you people, can do it. Yeah. But it's you really can hard. Do to, it. What's, what's that? Shia LaBeouf? You can do it. No, not Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, when he goes, you can do it. Never saw it? No. Victoria's going to find it. 100% she will. That's an easy one. Do it! Just do it! Yeah. 
not sure what you're referring to there, but seriously, yeah, I can say T minus eight days, and you know what I'm referring to. Oh, sure. But you don't know what I'm referring to, so you can do. Okay, not Shia LaBeouf. I mean, if we're talking, what's that golf movie with? It's like Caddyshack. No. It's that comedian Adam Sandler. Oh yeah. You can do it. You can do it's it all night long. Golf movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Was it Billy Madison? Yes, that was it. Billy Madison? That was it. I thought that's what you were referring to, not Shia LaBeouf. I that wasn't that the is. golf movie either, was it? Hmm? I don't know. But Victoria's going to think it. We're kind of done with this. Sort this out. Yeah. Adam Sandler's <laughs> I think of, we're mixing up movies. Yeah, I think we're mixing up music. Like Adam Sandler, through those years, he like had like 82,000 movies in he the course of three years. He did have a All the same actors in it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Wedding Singer was my favorite, though. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. What was the girl's name of Wedding Singer? Julia. No, Julia Gulia. Julia Gulia. Julia Gulia. Anyways. Yeah, that was funny. Anyhow, you guys, let us know your thoughts on some of the stuff. Um, did we offend you if we did good? No, maybe not. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that know us, we apologize. Sorry. For those of you that know us, eh, we kind of don't apologize. Just kind of what we're thinking about right now. Sorry. <laughs> And uh, hit us up with your questions. We're kind of starting to run dry a little bit, but um, got a few more left in my email, but I don't have quite a ton left for the next maybe 82 podcasts. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So anyways, I'm sorry for the monotone tonight. Kind of boring. No more five, four, one, two. <laughs> no, none of that. None of that. We didn't, didn't care. We did not get that far, did we? No, we didn't. Yeah. It's okay. I'm still thick, though. No, you're not. Damn. (laughs) I'm trying, kids. Have a good night. We'll see you guys later. Bye.